Thank you, all those who've had a part in the service thus far. Uh, man, we praise the Lord for what is happening around us. Uh, this morning, uh, there's six men leaving right after church, going to Vider. I was thinking about uh, Micah as he's up here. He'll be going to Haiti. But he also does a lot of local missions too. These guys are going to tape float sheetrock and build uh, suspended ceilings and all that in a sister church there that was uh, flooded and trying to get them back on their square foot. If you're, if you're going to uh, Vider today, just stand up wherever you are. There's six of you somewhere. Here's Matt. There's Mark Francisco, Dan, Lonnie, Micah. Where's Micah? Oh, oh, oh there he is back there. Okay. Hey, pray, pray for one. Pick one of these out and pray for them, all right? This week. They'll be there Monday and Tuesday. Tonight, Monday and Tuesday. And then be back late Tuesday night. Pray for them. And then we have 22, 23 young people going to Mission Arlington who will be leaving right after church. If you're one of those young people or sponsors that are going for Mission Arlington, would you stand up wherever you are? Would you find one of these all around here? Miss Julie, would you find one of these and pray for them this week? They'll be doing apartment ministry, teaching children. Uh, they've been practicing in children's church the last two weeks, and they're geared up and ready to go. We're excited for you guys who are going. Amen? Thank you. All right. Praise the Lord. And then uh, if you want to go to Haiti uh, in the conference room right after service today, there'll be an informational meeting there. All right? Now, if you're visiting here, this is a little different service. Uh, we, we only have one of these every once in a while, and this is the once in a while today. It's an exciting service for us. Hope you'll get as excited about it. Uh, we're ordaining or installing, some of these men have already been ordained, but installing five new deacons, and we're also licensing uh, one staff member. Uh, so without further ado, Brother Mark Kirkendall is our chairman of the deacons, and uh, Mark, you come and... and uh, let me get you this mic here. There you go. Good morning. I'd like to introduce our five new deacon candidates and men as I come, please, or as I call you, please come on up. Uh, first is Bill Darby, and his wife's name is Nancy. Second, Randy Houston, and his wife's name is Connie. Third is David Koenig, his wife is Jennifer. Fourth is John Mark Purefoy, and his wife is Jessica. And fifth is Mark Purefoy, and his wife is Deanne. These men have been serving alongside our deacon body and have been under observation for over six months, and they faithfully demonstrated the biblical qualities for deacons. Now I make a motion that we ordain these men as deacons of our church. Okay, there's a motion made. Is there a second? All right. All in favor, would you say aye? Aye. Opposed, no? All right, carry on. All right. Now each of these men will share their testimony. I was last on the list. I didn't know what happened. When, when I was nine years old, well, I was a drug baby, just like some of y'all here. Uh, drugged to church every time it was, the doors were open. When I hit nine years old, uh, or when I was nine, there was a, uh, we used to have those two-week service, revival services, and I remember one Thursday night, 
I don't think the message was John 3.16, but it dawned on me, you know, the, the John 3.16, for God so loved the world that, whoso, that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth on him should be saved. Well, it dawned on me that my name was whosoever that night. And uh, I was hanging on to that pew. I mean, I put hand fingerprints in it and everything else. Mom looked down at me and said, let go. I let go and uh, accepted Christ as my savior. Uh, rocked along, uh, probably like some of you young people, you know, you're still, you're still drug, because you still, uh, you wasn't driving, or you know, you, you were still living under their roof and you were coming to church. Well, I came down here in 1970. Mom, dad dropped me off. See y'all. <laughs> Walked in the dorm, a couple of guys there. Hey, we're gonna go to church tomorrow, it was Saturday. We're going to church tomorrow, you wanna go with us? Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> and haven't regretted it ever since. To go on my own, uh, it's just been a tremendous joy. It's a tremendous joy serving. Uh, there's some other things that happen on the, on the weekends, on Sundays we could be doing, but we like being here. We like singing, we like serving, and uh, I just appreciate this opportunity. Well, I guess I'll back up a minute. In 1996, I was ordained at the church where we were uh, attending, and uh, I've tried to serve faithfully ever since. When we came here, I took a break, uh, just needed to, and uh, here we are now. Well, good morning. I'd like to thank uh, Brother Charles, Brother Case, Brother Jason, Brother Mark, and the deacons for the opportunity to serve here at Woodland Hills. There's three things I know from my life experience about Jesus. Uh, not actually what I think, but what I know. Let me illustrate it, please. Many years ago, on a hot, humid Sunday morning, the church windows were open and a hot, humid breeze was coming in. At that time, only the theater and the grocery store had air conditioning, and that's how long ago that was. <laughs> Brother Walker gave the invitation. I forgot the hot, humid circumstances, went forward and told Brother Walker I had invited Jesus into my heart. Two weeks later, I was baptized. Jesus had saved me and come into my heart. Fast forward to today, Jesus has been with Connie and me through all the 50 years of our marriage. He's been with us through life's valleys, life's mountains, through the good times and bads. Jesus has never left us. He's never forsaken us. In closing, the three things I know from 70 years of life's experience, Jesus will come into your heart. Jesus will save you from your sins. He'll never forsake or leave you. Thank you. Um, I guess my testimony kind of starts as a, as a young kid going to church, like you said, kind of drug, drug the church a little bit. And my family wasn't really big in the, you know, the studying of the Bible. So as I was a young teen, I got saved. And I don't know if it was more because my friends did it, more so than knowing God. And uh, so after I probably started driving, I don't think I can remember going to church too much after that. So then went off to college, you know, you, you see the went to Stephen L. Austin. There's about four or five churches right across the street from my dorm room. I don't think I ever once, I know I never once stepped in one. So I guess as we got married, I got married and, you know, I probably, we probably didn't go to church 
10 times for the first probably 10 years of our marriage. And it's not that we didn't want to. I mean, we still prayed stuff like that. You know, more like when you needed something or you, you know, you were in a bad situation. So about, I say 10 years ago, we kind of said, we're going to get back in church because I don't want my kids to kind of stray like I did. So since we, we were living in the Houston area, started going to church there and got involved. And then we moved up here and it took us a couple years to find you guys. And the best thing that we probably did was find this church because, <clears throat> you know, we rededicated ourselves about four or five years ago. And I wouldn't, never thought I'd be standing up here today you know, based on where I was five years ago. So I just want to thank you all for giving me this opportunity. And, uh, and even though I always didn't probably have that relationship with God, he was always with us because we got through some tough times that I don't know how we did it. But you look back now. And you know God was watching us, even though we probably wasn't living, you know, following him like we should have. So I know that he does some great things for people that don't always see it coming. And I just thank you all for this opportunity. Please bear with me. If you were to ask me to use one word that describes my life's testimony, I would have to say, blessed. I cannot remember a time that I was not involved in church in some way. I was raised in God's word and surrounded by godly people. This allowed me for multiple opportunities for the Holy Spirit to get a hold of me and lead me to a decision that would change my life. As a young man, through the power of the Holy Spirit, I asked the Lord to save me and be ruler of my life. That Sunday night, going to church, I was on a path headed for hell. But I left the church that night on a new path with my Savior, Jesus Christ. Blessed. Since that night, I can say that I haven't always been obedient or have I made all the right choices in my life. But I do know my family and church family has never stopped praying for me. I also have a helper now that guides me. I'm blessed. I am married now to my beautiful wife, Jessica, and we have a son, Jackson. I'm blessed. I'm proud to have my family here at Woodland Hills, and I'm thankful for the opportunity to serve. I'm blessed. Thank you. He stole about everything I was going to say. <laughs> I'm going to start off the same, just about the same way. I'm, I'm blessed. I'm going to start off. I got two Christian parents here that are here today, and I praise God for Christian parents, Christian grandparents, and I also praise God for a Christian wife. Mine won't be as long as theirs was, but anyway... I was saved as a younger, younger child at, uh, at a little country church. And Aaron started off with a, the song this morning, just hit the nail on the head. I'm happy I'm saved. But anyway, I was saved at that church, and not like Bill, he had hold of the pew. 
when the invitation, it didn't hardly start, I ran down a pew because I was miserable the whole service. I was under conviction the whole service. It just so happened at the time, my grandfather was pastor at that church. It was Liberty Baptist in Hawkins, Texas. And I believe he just about halfway met me down the aisle. And uh, anyway, from, from there, uh, I was baptized at Valley View Baptist Church. And I see Bill went there. And I see some more faces that went to Valley View. That's where I was baptized. From there, we, I was a member of Little Flock Baptist Church. And I didn't look up the dates, but uh, at Little Flock, I was ordained sometime in the 90s, late 90s. And uh, then later on down the road, we ended up here at uh, Woodland Hills. And it, we didn't have the new church then. And it was just like a, I don't know. We knew we were supposed to be here when we came. We didn't visit around a whole bunch. But we knew we were supposed to be here. And I am humbled to serve here at Woodland Hills. Also, I am very blessed to have Christian children. I've seen my grandchildren saved here. And I look forward to seeing more children saved when we get this new building going. Thank you all. When you're looking for uh, men to serve as deacons, uh, a lot of you have the idea that I just pick out certain guys that I know will say yes to me, and we have a little board. That's not the way it works. We don't look for people who might be a good deacon. We look for men who are already doing the ministry of a deacon and come alongside them. And these five men have done a marvelous job, not just the last six months, but from day one when they came to this church, of putting their hand to the plow and doing whatever God has called them to do, whatever it was. I'm going to ask, uh, we're going to take them and they're going to stand down front or kneel down front here. I'm going to ask you wives, if you would, to come and, and uh, stand behind them. And then our, if you're here today and you're an ordained pastor or deacon and you'd like to just lay hands on them and pray, uh, we invite you to join. Brother Mark's going to be right over here to start the line. And uh, we'll just take a few moments. And if you, you can bow and pray there or you can uh, watch what's going on, whatever you'd like to do, just for a few moments, if you would. All right?
I'm going to ask you if you would to just bow in prayer and one of the men that we love so dearly here is a tremendous Bible teacher and loves God is pastored is Dr. Gene Petty and I ask him if he would just to pray a special prayer of dedication over these five deacons and their wives Father, what a privilege it is to be here today to witness the calling out of these men to service. I pray they would exhibit the ancient service of deacon, even the name Diakonos, through dust, that they would stir up dust in their work. Help them to see that their, the name deacon is not a position or an office, but a service. And be with them in a special way, Lord. As we lay hands on them, help them to know that we are with them. They're never alone. We encourage them. We share their frailties. We share their service. We share their good and their bad strengths. Most of all, Lord, protect them with your Holy Spirit's presence from the evil one who will seek to help them fall and help them to know that greater is he in you than he who is in the world. I pray for a special work for these men as they minister in your name. Bless their families. Bless them in a special way, Lord, and protect them and guide them. May your hand be upon them as our hands have been upon them today. 
In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Woodland Hills, I present to you your new deacons and wives. <laughs> Thank you so much. There's one other thing we just need to do it, it looks like it's tagged on but it's not tagged on it's very important but uh, we have voted to uh, license Jason Hunt Jason if you and Ashley would come and stand here uh, he's given evidence of the call into the gospel ministry and we'll be ordaining him on April the 8th at 6 o'clock during the evening service it's a full service of just ordination only but uh, uh, Jason serves as our minister of youth and senior adults. And I want to tell you, it doesn't get any broader spectrum than that, uh, going from youth to senior adults. But in a lot of ways, the senior adults are just like the youth. Uh, <laughs> maybe even down toward the children there a little bit. But uh, I, he's done a marvelous job. He, he is my son. And uh, I've tried to teach both my boys. If you can do anything else except the ministry, you do it. I, I'm serious. I'm just, I mean, if you can do anything, it doesn't make any difference. Everybody talks about how hard the ministry is. It's only hard if God didn't call you. Let me tell you, the, the calling of God is more important than anything else. And all these problems and all these challenges and all fall into place. Uh, I hear people all the time saying, and you've heard me tell you this before, you've got to put God number one and your family number two and and church number three, that's hogwash. Don't listen to that rot. The Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of God. You make God everything. Everything. And then all these other things fall into place. If I went home tonight and told my wife today, honey, you're the number one woman in my life, you're my, your wife may be satisfied with that. My, I know her. She would say, well, who's the number two woman in your life? <laughs> I'm telling you, God's not number one or two. He's everything. And so, uh, Jason, we present this to you and also to Ashley because the help meet is so important in all of this also. Brother uh, Petty, would you uh, also pray for him? 
Lord, thank you for Jason and his commitment to serve you in the gospel ministry. What a wonderful road, what a wonderful calling, what a great opportunity, and also, Lord, a burden. Help him to have fire in his mouth that he has to speak for you and on behalf of you, and Jesus be the center of his ministry and the center of his life. Protect him, keep him, open doors for him that only you can open, Lord. Help him to be like Jeremiah, the great prophet, that he had fire in his mouth for you. Bless him, bless his wife, bless his ministry, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. All right, thank you all. And uh, thank you, church and visitors, for being patient. If you would, open your Bibles to Joshua 24. Some of y'all thought I wasn't going to preach, didn't you? <laughs> but it will be short, very short. I just want to touch on a couple of, of just points, and then we'll, we'll be out of here real quickly. Joshua chapter 24. As we think about uh, these men, also not only deacons, but also uh, our entire church, each one of us. What's expected? Joshua 24, beginning in 13. I've given you a land for which you did not labor. Can you say amen to that? He's given us a salvation which we did not work for. We did not do anything for. He's provided it. And cities which you built not, and you dwell in them of the vineyards and olive yards which you planted not do you eat. Now therefore, and that means because of all of this, fear the Lord. Serve him in sincerity and in truth. Put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the flood and in Egypt and serve you the Lord. And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, you choose this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Joshua gives a straight out right command here. I'm excited about what God is doing at Woodland Hills Baptist Church. I, I'm excited because God is raising up men to be in leadership positions. Now, ladies, I'm not knocking you at all. I want to tell you, in most of our churches in the Southern Baptist Convention, were it not for the ladies, the churches would have closed a long time ago. I'm not saying that. I, and I am saying, where are you at, Denise? If Denise was a man, we'd be ordaining her as a deacon too. Uh, I, but you, you can serve God without being the position of a deacon. But these men have special callings, and I'm excited about that. We reach a lot of young people, a lot of children, and that's all marvelous. We need to be doing that. But I've discovered something in my 46 years of ministry. If you reach a man with the gospel, Nine times out of ten, his wife's going to get saved too. And his children are going to follow too. Now, we don't always have that with the, with the children. We, we see, last week we had five children saved. Uh, the, the week before, this week, two children saved. Uh, but, but those children have to go back to the same environment that they came out of. But when a man gets saved, changes his house, changes everything. Now, there are just four things here. I want you to become servants of the church, which continue on as you are. What kind of man does it take to really be a deacon? Well, first of all, it takes an exemplary man. Exemplary man. Deacons need to be good examples. Boy, this world has lived with religion so long. 
of preaching one thing on Sunday and living another one during the week. We don't need any more of that, guys. We need you to be an example. We need you to be exemplary. Example in your faithfulness. You ought to be faithful to the house of God. Example in your attendance, in your stewardship, in your uh, prayer, uh, prayer life, in your Bible study, in your witnessing, in your terms of service. I went several years ago. It's been 16 years now. But Chick-fil-A was coming into Beaumont, and I went to a banquet. And they, they I mean, my soul, it's like a revival meeting when you go to one of those Chick-fil-A uh, banquets to introduce a new manager. And I look back today just to find out, make sure it's the same thing that it was then. Chick-fil-A's purpose statement is to glorify God by being faithful stewards of all that is entrusted to us and being a positive influence on all who come in contact with Chick-fil-A. And I sat there that night and I watched them address that new manager of that Chick-fil-A in Beaumont. And he said, listen to me. Mr. Truett Cathy is the owner of Chick-fil-A. He's a Christian. He's developed his business on Christian principles. And you, sir, are representing Mr. Cathy. And you better have those same principles and you better have that same spirit. And you better have that same attitude. I submit to you this morning that you deacons are, are really uh, just simply a, a, a hand of the Lord Jesus Christ. You need the same values, you need the same spirit, you need the same attitude as Jesus had. So you need to be examples. You also need to be encouraging. Uh, now, for many years in my ministry, I literally took the Bible literal. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, but if you take it real literal, I used to tell our churches, uh, we don't have any Grecian, de uh, de uh, Grecian widows, so there's no need to have any deacons. When we get Grecian widows, We'll get us some deacons. Now that's just, you know, that's, that's just young preachers that's stupid. That's all I can tell you. Uh, thank God I've burnt those tapes long ago. Uh, but uh, uh, but the, the, the deacons were selected because there was a problem in the church. And the problem was the Jewish women were getting more uh, taken care of than the Grecian widows were. And so these men... Uh, an encouraging man, they were to come along and uh, in, in the midst of all this, with these widows not being taken care of, they were losing their enthusiasm, they were losing their zeal for God. And so these men came basically to solve a problem that's in the church. One of the great things, I know I can't speak 100%, I can't, but I'm telling you, I've been pastoring 46 years. Well, I've been in the ministry 46 years. I've never seen a church more united than this church. Never. And I want to tell you that the devil doesn't like that. I've seen him pick and pick and pick and pick and do everything he can to disunify this church. But these men here are responsible for keeping this church intact and solving problems. So I want to tell you, it takes time uh, to, uh, to prepare sermons. It takes time to pray. And every minute that ministers are out doing those things with people, and we love to be with people. My soul, you know, I'd be honest with you as a pastor, I kind of long for the days when we had about 50. And I could go down to Dairy Queen and drink coffee, and I'd co cover 20 of them in one lick. And then you had time to visit the others. And, I mean, you just had a party. It was just a... Man, it's, but it's not like that anymore. 
it's not like that anymore. The church continues to grow. So we need an encouraging man here. And, and let me just encourage you to do this, guys. Encourage each other. Because that's what this church needs. Continual encouragement. But I want to ask you to do this, too. Would you encourage your staff? Now, I want to tell you, these guys have been taught to put a smile on their face and serve the Lord and go right on. And they're not going to tell you any different. But you know, every once in a while, it wouldn't, wouldn't hurt one of you to put your arm around one of them and say, you know what, just want you to know I prayed for you this morning, and I want to be an encouragement to you. I know your work's not easy. You try to please 700 people, 400 of them women. I just made a statement. I, don't leave here and say, I said that because you're the one saying that. The Bible says, let us consider one another in Hebrews 10. So much more as we see the day approaching. that We not forsake the assembling of ourselves together, uh, but literally we come together. An exemplary man, an encouraging man, an engaged man. Every person in this church ought to be engaged, but especially you deacons need to be engaged. Uh, he said, uh, look out among you. When the number of the disciples was multiplied. That's a great blessing, isn't it? I have preachers all the time tell me, but boy, your church is growing. Well, it may be growing, but we still need room. That's a problem. It may be growing, but some of, we still have people drive through the parking lot, can't find a space, and drive off. There are problems. The, the more something, you know, it's kind of like having a baby. I mean, that baby changes everything. I mean, they, uh, now, now we're, we're intelligent now and smart. We've got bottle warmers, but I'm telling you, it used, used to be, it wasn't like that. You had to get up in the middle of the night, bleary-eyed, go in there and put a pan of hot water on the ball, get it warm. Put that bottle in there. Oh my goodness, it's too hot. So now you had to cool it off. All that in the middle of the night. And then, oh my goodness, seems like some of the worst diapers are in the middle of the night. <laughs> I mean, that, that baby expects you to do that. When you're growing, there are problems like that. But thank God for the problem. Let me give you the last thing. Exemplary, encouraging, engaged. And then be enthusiastic. Be enthusiastic. Man, how we need that. I want this to be an exciting year for Woodland Hills Baptist Church. I believe it's going to be the greatest year we've had. Brother Case shared with us uh, just a few weeks ago that over the last three years, our Sunday school has continued to grow like 25% uh, each year. Folk, you're not going to find many places like that. And it's not because of programs. It's not because of staff. It's because the Spirit of God is in this place. And I want to tell you, the same God who puts his hand on a place and says, I'm going to camp there, is the same God when we get the, the Scripture that I'm just telling you, I go to bed thinking about it every night. I'd give anything if it wasn't in the Bible. To whom much is given, much is required. I know some of you think, well, we're doing too much in missions. We're doing too much over here. We're doing too much. How, how much is too much? Because I have never been in a church that's more blessed than this church right here. 
And one day, I mean, we'll enjoy the blessings, my soul, the music, the, the, the testimonies, the preaching, the singing, all that. We'll enjoy all that, but one day we'll have to answer. God said, you think I provided all that just so you could have a good time? We're, we're told to reach the world and to be enthusiastic. I love what this old-fashioned preacher, I almost could put Dr. Gene Petty's name on this. He prayed at the ordination service. And this is what he said. O oh Lord, give thy servant the eye of the eagle and the wisdom of the owl. Connect his soul with the gospel telephone in the central skies. Illuminate his brow with the sun of heaven. Possess his mind with love for the people. Turpentine his imagination. Grease his lips with possum oil. Loosen his tongue with the sledgehammer of thy power. Electrify his brain with the lightning of the word. Put petrol motion on his arms. Fill him plumb full of the dynamite of thy glory. Knowing him all over the kerosene oil of thy salvation and set him on fire with the unction of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, that's my prayer for you men this morning. That the Lord would set you on fire. The acting group, uh, they called them in England, Britain, they called them troops. And uh, they'd go across the country uh, performing their theater. And one night it was cold and snowy and icy and attendance hadn't been real good and one of them in the troops said look man there's nobody going to be here tonight there may be four or five people why don't we cancel this thing tonight another one said you know what we need a break we really could use a break why don't we just not have it tonight the wise old troop leader said now listen if there's just five people here we owe it to those five people who came it's not their fault no one else came we owe them a first-class performance, and we're going to do it. And they said, okay. So they got together that night. They performed. There were 13 people in that whole stage area, in the whole theater. They got through performing. They did the very best job. He had encouraged them, do the best job you can tonight. And on the way out, the guy handed a note to an usher, and he brought it back up to the old troop leader who was standing there with the people in the theater group and it just said this what a marvelous performance and it was signed the king little to their knowledge the king of England had been in the theater that night wow could I tell you one day now that's not the, the, the words that our Lord I don't think is going to use great performance but it's the same thing We'll stand before God one day, and what we want to hear him say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. The same thing as good performance, good show, way to go. That's what we want to hear the Lord say. Let me ask you that. If you died right now, you think that's what you'd hear? Lord say, come on in. Well done. See, some of you in this room tonight, today would hear the Lord say, I don't find your name in the Lamb's book of life. So depart from me, ye that work iniquity. 
Some of you are going to say, oh, look again, because I belong to, to a Baptist church, and my daddy was a preacher, and my grandfather was a preacher and a missionary, and, and I, it's got to be there. But our Lord said that's not good enough. It's based on your salvation, your relationship. So some of you this morning, you need to do, I don't remember which one it was. It may have been Mark said he wasn't holding on to the pew. He was running down to the front. I'll just tell you this, guys. I believe the Lord's coming again. And if I'm sitting in this room lost right now, and, and I'm not trying to manipulate you because I can't do that. It's not worth anything. But if the Holy Spirit is pounding on your heart, I'd be the first one to run down this aisle. Say, look, i got to be saved now. Others of you, You've been saved and you know you're saved. The real truth is, now, well, let me go ahead and just tick everybody off. The real truth is we've got some deacons that have quit in midstream. The Bible says this calling is without repentance. Now, I know there, there are circumstances just like Bill, wherever Bill and Nancy, they just need a break. I, I understand all that. But let me tell you, you prayed about being a deacon. This church prayed about being a deacon. This church went on six months' watch for you being a deacon. Now, I want to tell you, it's kind of like getting married. It's not just you and the wife down there getting married, but God's that third person in that marriage. It's not just you praying about being a deacon. It is not this church praying about you being a deacon. But it's also God in the middle of here saying, I done anointed you to be a deacon. And if you need to shuck some other things, then you get rid of some other things. But your priorities ought to be in serving the Lord. The same thing goes for people who are not deacons. Are you being faithful? Is the Lord going to say, well done, thou good and faithful servant? Or is he going to say, you come in, but you're going to have to go through this section because this is a saved by fire section here, and we clean you up before you get around to the other side. Your choice. Maybe you need a church home. I'm telling you, you will not find a better church than Woodland Hills Baptist Church. I'm not telling you that proudly because I humbly speak that. I humbly. There's not a one of us in this staff that think we're anybody. We Listen, our, neg, our legs tremble. It is nothing but the grace of God, what God has done here. But I'd love for you, if you need a church home, I could give you testimony after testimony of people that this church has wrapped their arms around. And I didn't tell them to do it. Nobody else told them to do it. God said do it. Father, thank you this morning for not allowing us to be a part of this great service. Thank you for these men and their wives who've committed their ministry and their life to serving you as a deacon. Lord God, would you bless them? Keep your hand on them. And Lord, even as Dr. Petty prayed, we understand that the devil's always trying to break up leadership families. But oh God, greater is he that's in you than in us than he that's in the world, Lord. God, we, we trust you. We believe in you. And I ask you to bestow that uh, upon each of these men here. And for this congregation, those that need to be saved, may they be saved today.
Today is the day of salvation. Those who need a church home, those who need to come to the altar, God, this is your time that we give back to you. Lord, would you speak to our hearts and may we be obedient. In Jesus' name I pray. Would you stand as Brother Aaron